0: Father, we just thank you for this evening, God. We ask that um, we completely make room for your spirit to move, God. Father, let um, what comes out of my mouth be purely from your source, God. Let it be pure and clean, Father, and be pleasing to you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good evening. How y'all doing? Whoa, that was loud, huh? (laughs) Is that good? That's all right? Okay, so um, I just got to tell you, like, when I start studying to to preach, it's been a while. I mean, I don't know. It's like it spurts, I guess. But when Ed and I were youth pastors, it was weekly, so I was kind of in, in the groove and kind of had a thing going on. But like every once in a while, I get asked. And so there's like, when I start studying, there's just so much. That the Lord wants to say. And then I've got to filter through all of that and not get too off track. So um, because I am a teacher, you're probably this is probably going to feel like school for a few minutes because we're going to talk about some things to just give some background because I do like to do the teaching part. You know, Jesus said that he went through uh, teaching and preaching and healing, but it didn't say he just went through healing. He said he went through teaching and preaching. So I believe that if your healing is going to come, you've got to have some teaching and some preaching to go along with that. Amen? Amen. Um, I don't normally title things until somebody says, hey, what's the title? And I'm like, um, I don't know, call it fine-tuning. That was, I think, what I, uh, last time. But but today I did, and today's title is Under the Influence. Okay? Um, so when you hear about Under the Influence, what do you think about? Alcohol? Drugs, okay? All of those things for sure. I guess I should put these on so I can see. Um, but what about those who don't drink or those who don't do drugs? Yeah. Are they under any kind of influence? Yes. Okay. So what does it even mean to be under the influence? Okay, we're going to start with the definition of influence. This is this is interesting. Influence is the ability to deeply affect behaviors and belief. Let me say that again. Deeply affect behaviors and beliefs. So anything that deeply affects your behaviors and your beliefs is an influence in your life. Now, obviously, alcohol and drugs, they're easy to understand. You see people, are they're stammering, they're slurring their words, they can't walk a straight line, their judgment is impaired, you know, they can't drive, they think it's farther than it is, all those things. Um, but... That's the easy, it's obvious to tell when people like that are under the influence or what they're under the influence of, but it's a little bit more difficult to see when other people are under the influence of other kinds of sinister things. Now, I'm a nerd, and I'm an English nerd, and I love languages and linguistics. When I studied it in college, I almost got a degree in linguistics, but that was almost as useless as the degree I did get, which was in English. Um, LAUGHTER it's like, would you like fries with that? Get us papas fritas con eso. Like, what am I going to do with it? Linguistics, but, but anyway, when we look at the word influence, and I love to look at the word origins, because anything before it becomes matter, it became, it was a word first. Okay. Now I want you to think about. No, that's not true. That was a stand, and we called it stand. No, somebody conceptualized it, created it, and it came with a name. So, um, we speak things into existence. And as prophetic pastors, we believe in the power of the spoken word. So, the words and word meanings and word origins are very important to me in my study. So, when we look at the word influence more carefully, it originates from Old French or Medieval Latin, and it means uh, influentia, meaning inflow, okay, or something to flow into. Um, or it can come from the Latin influere, from into fluere, to flow, or something that flows into. And this word, influere, was specifically used in astrology, which I thought was quite interesting. And it was used in astrology to describe the flowing of this ethereal fluid or substance that would affect human behavior and human destinies. Like, whoa, I didn't know it was that deep. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, But anyway, so it was the imperceptible or invisible or indirect action that was exerted that caused change. Okay, what does that mean? So when you think about like the tides, in fact, in the book of Job, God talks about the tides affecting, um, or the stars, or Ryan's belt affecting the tides and things like that, because these things have an effect on something. So in the ancient days, they believed that um, the stars had the ability to control something that went into people that would change the course of their destiny. It was some invisible force that acted in a way to, to cause changes. Okay? In other words, there were astrological changes that flowed into humans, changing and shaping their destiny. There were invisible forces that deeply affected people's behaviors or their beliefs. The astrological effects were, of course, slower and less obvious than alcohol or drugs, but also they weren't as temporary. So this is what they believed back in the day. And some people still believe it today. So right now you're here to preach against alcohol, drugs, and astrology. Okay, okay, I got it. No, no, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to educate you about influence. Okay, so let's take a look at our world today. Do you know what 54% of young people want to do with their lives? Young people? What do you want to... Influencers. They want to be influencers. 54%. That's a lot. And probably 100% of old people because we're like done working, right? We're like, I want to do that. I want to get on TikTok and make much money. Okay, but here's some interesting statistics about influencers. And this was from 2019. 70% of teens trust social media more than they trust celebrities or any other newsprint. Seventy. Seventy percent of kids, these kids, will watch TikTok and believe that more than they believe anything else, okay? The influencer marketing is more profitable than print marketing. So you print, you know, you used to print advertisements in the paper, um, you make TV ads, all that kind of stuff. But influencer marketing is more profitable how, marketing, how much more profitable businesses make 650% return for every dollar spent on influencer marketing. So in other words, for every dollar you spend in influencer marketing, you're making six, $6.50 back, and sometimes all the way up to $20. Oh, wow. So it's a billion-dollar industry. And this is interesting. 86% of women use social media for purchasing advice. Poor Ed knows that. I'm like, give me your credit card. We're laying in bed. He's like, what do you need my credit card for? I'm over here scrolling like, ooh, this looks like great. I should buy this. Right? What are you doing? I'm on TikTok. I need this, this bowl. It collapses. It's really cool. You don't even cook. It's for you, right? <laughs> buy two of them. Buy two of them. So, so those are some really interesting things about influence. So the power of influence is underestimated, I think. But, but being an influencer, and there's nothing wrong with that, okay? I just gave you the statistics. But I want you to look at Genesis 3.1. Great, you got that one. Genesis 3.1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say that? You must not eat from any tree in the garden. See, he didn't command the woman, listen here, woman, eat that fruit and give it to your man. He didn't do that. He influenced her. Yeah. An interesting thing is if you look up synonyms for the word influence, the one that comes up that is the most interesting to me is authority. Authority. You're like, wait, what? Influence equals authority. Mm. See, Adam and Eve had all the authority in the garden. But by partaking of the fruit, they handed that authority over to Satan. Because they were influenced by him. Not because they were beaten up by him. Not because they were outsmarted by him. Not because... They were commanded by him, not because they were in a battle, not because of any of those things, because here's the thing, Satan already knew that he was defeated. He knew if I got into a battle with him, I'm going to lose. There's nothing I can do to, to, to make them give me that unless I can influence them. And if I can influence them, they will give me their authority. There was a guy... Back in the day, some of you older people will know this guy, but there was a, there was a rock star, um, I don't know what he was, Marilyn Manson. Do you all know who that is? Mm-hmm. Okay, Marilyn Manson, he was controversial. He had two different contacts in his eyes. Now he looks just like people on the street. But back in the 80s or whenever Phil he was interviewing him, he was like scary monster type guy. And they were asking him, you know, are you are you a bad guy? And they would say all these things. And he said, this is the quote that he used and it never it never left me. He said, parents raise your kid better or someone like me will influence them. And I remember, the way I remembered it was that he said, if you don't influence your children, someone like me will. And I never forgot it because children, we can command our children to do things all day long. And they say, okay, hi, hi, Mom. And then they go out the window and do whatever they want, right? But when we have influence over them, that's a different story. And I learned that as a principal. I don't, I don't yell at kids very rarely. I think I've yelled at three kids in my entire career, and two of them were the same kid. And it's because they, they were lying to me about something, and I don't do well when you lie to me. So, But as far as other things go, like, I just try to have influence over them. And I can get them to tell me the truth. I can get them to trust me and let me help them. And I can get, you know, oftentimes when I'm like, you're going to ISS, they're like, okay, thanks, miss. See you in three days. Who thanks the principal when they're getting sent to ISS? Right? But it's about having influence. Because the way that we can execute our authority, it, it can be like control, or we can understand that we have authority and then use influence. So, we allow Facebook, TikTok, TV to influence all the time, okay? More cowbell, we need more cowbell. (laughs) you not know what that is? (laughs) Some of you do. (laughs) Listen, Linda, did you find that clue? Okay, if you haven't seen this, you need to look at it. Yes. Y'all know listen Linda? Okay, yeah. I gotta tell you, listen Linda. So this little boy, I don't know what he did, like ate his mom mom baked cookies and he ate the cookies or something. Yeah, it was cupcakes. Cupcake, okay. So the mom's getting on to him, like, listen, you can't do that. He's like, No, 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 listen, listen, listen Linda. Listen, Linda. I guess his mom's name is Linda, right? And it's just you know the kid? You know him? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, okay. Oh. No, they, <laughs> I mean, they, <laughs> they do. The kids are rebelling right now. Yeah, they know. Okay, so so it's interesting because these things, uh, the listen, Linda right there. So we use it as memes. That becomes a part of our culture. And we even say it at work or something when somebody, listen, Linda, listen, Linda. You know, we use, or Karen, or all of these other things that we use. We allow the things of the world without another thought to just be, become a part of the things that we say. Because we're influenced by them, so I would ask you to think for a moment about the things that you say, and, and and some of your go-to, and we all have them. We all have go-to phrases that we say to each other, or to our friends, or to our spouse, to our kids that we've gotten off of, you know, social media or whatever. Um, Pastor Andy, if you're out there, Hi, Pastor Andy, you know, we always I always tell him, "I'll be your huckleberry," you know, and that's from uh, what show is that Tombstone, right? You know, and so so you have these. Phrases that you, you say. But I want you to think for a moment. How many times do you just. Whip out a scripture that you say. Not as often probably. We don't typically. Incorporate that. Into our vernacular. The way we do. The other things of the world. So Jesus said in Matthew 28.18. If you all have your Bible. You can read that Matthew 28.18. I think she's going to put that up for you. You're going to put those up. You don't need to look them up. Ma- oh, I didn't. I'm sorry. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen. Okay. Very good. He says Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority on heaven and earth, has been given to me. So Jesus has all authority. And yet we still turn to other things and allow ourselves to be influenced by those things. Um, Jesus also, he had all authority and he could command anything. He could say, you woman, repent. And she'd do it because he had the authority. He could say, arm, grow back, and it would. He could say, read your Bible, and you would. But the interesting thing is that Jesus had all authority, and he didn't didn't go around commanding people. The only thing he commanded were spirits, and he commanded them to go, or he commanded arms to grow. He commanded things, but he never commanded people. In fact, he didn't didn't command people to go to church. He didn't command people to read the Torah. He didn't command people to follow the Ten Commandments. The only time Jesus commanded something was when he commanded demons to get out. He influenced them instead with the Father's love. And what did that look like? He went around influencing by educating them. You know, he would read Scripture with a different authority. Because he interpreted it in a way that they've never heard it before. He gave them revelation. He gave them, um, uh, what are those things called? Not allegories, but um, metaphors and parables so that they could relate to those things. He used personal experience and it was those things that influenced the disciples to follow him. Many people miss Jesus being the Messiah because they thought he was going to be a general. Now, when you look at the history, when you look at the history, it's interesting because you're like, okay, and I don't know if you've really thought about this because there's times that I've really thought about it. I'm like, whoa, I didn't realize that was what was happening. So the reason they crucified Jesus was because the Romans were like, hey, Caesar's coming to town, and if you don't get all your... Jews in order, like, we're going to have problems. And the the Pharisees were like, we can't be having problems with the Romans because we're already oppressed by them and so we need to shut this Jesus thing down. He's causing too much of a ruckus. And you're like, wait, what? So the people miss Jesus being the Messiah because... Their Savior was supposed to come in the form of a general to come and you know cut down all the Romans and set them free and deliver them and he was going to deliver the Jews from the hands of captivity. That's what Jesus was supposed to do. So when Jesus comes as a six pound baby they missed him. And then he grows up and he's not commanding anybody. He's leading in love. And they're like, what's that? How are you going to beat anybody that way? He came to be an influencer, so that he could overthrow the armies of darkness—not in the world, but that live in each of us. You see, as we allow him to, in, because it's not a bad army out there that's trying to get us. You know, we can sit there and we can say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna kill this group of people, and then we'll be safe." Nope. <laughs> we're gonna kill that group of people, and then we're gonna be safe. Nope. Because at the end of the day, what causes people to be evil? is the dark army that lives inside of them and that occupies their hearts. So we can kill everybody all day long, but what does Ephesians tell us? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and dark powers that are not of this world, right? So Jesus came not to defeat an army, but to influence our hearts to receive Him and to battle the darkness that lives inside of each of us. Isaiah 61 this is when Jesus first comes into his ministry. He, he goes and he, he reads this scripture in the synagogue. And people are like, wow, I can't believe he says this with so much authority. And it's Isaiah 61. Dre, I guess I'll just read that until I get it. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. This is Jesus actually stands in the synagogue and says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, for they display His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. In your shape. Back up one, sorry. Okay. I think I'm going to stop right there. Okay. That was about you. Jesus came to do all that for you. And he did it by influencing you. Now, let's go back to the first slide. What influence was Jesus under? The Spirit of the the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Jesus was under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And when He was under the influence of the Holy Spirit, He spoke these words because it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit to do these things in your life. Amen. We can be in bondage to something. I can tell you, Quit drinking. And you can be like, I want to. I want to. But when you're in bondage, you can't get free. No amount of commanding is going to break you free. When I used to teach kids, when Ed and I used to teach kids, I would tell them, I would say, okay, if I took a piece of dental floss, do you know what that is? If I took it and tied it around your hands, put your hands like that, tied it around, could you break it? Yeah. What if I did it twice? Yeah. What if I did it five times? What if I did it 20 times? Probably not. What if I did it 100 times? Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not, okay. All right. If I did it 100 times, you would need somebody to come help you, wouldn't you? Yeah. So that's called bondage. See, the first time we take a hit, yeah, I can get away from that. The fifth time, yeah, I can walk away from that. The 20th time, it's a little harder. The 100th time, I can't, I can't. I can't walk away. And no amount of commanding and no amount of shame and no amount of people telling me, hitting me with the Bible and telling me you're a sinner, go repent. None of that's going to change it. The only thing that will change it is when I'm under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And under the influence of the Holy Spirit, He gives us something called grace. And grace is like this magic power that when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, His blood covers that... that Bondage, and you're able to just wiggle it out, and the work is done. But it's under His influence that we can do that. That's the only way that we can do it. So remember that every authentic thing has a, from the Lord has a counterfeit. I think we've talked about that. We've talked about the Lord creates something, and Satan counterfeits it. Satan is not able to create anything. He can only take what God has already created And counterfeit it. So if there's some ethereal substance. That comes from the stars. That affects our destinies. Which is astrology. Then we know that has to be a counterfeit. For something. And the counterfeit for something is what? The Holy Spirit. Now many churches. I've been in church a long time. And I grew up in church. That. The Holy Spirit was the Holy Ghost because he truly had left the building. And there's a lot of ministries that, and, and God bless those ministries, they're doing good things, but there's a lot of ministries that don't understand the Holy Spirit. In fact, I remember I was listening to this radio show one time. It was a Christian radio show, and um, they had somebody like famous. I don't know who it was, but it was like somebody who's it wasn't Billy Graham, but it was somebody famous who's supposed to be like this, awesome preacher or whatever, you know. And the guy said to, to him, he said, hey man, how would you feel if the Holy Spirit left you? And immediately I began to panic. I was like, oh my God, that would be the worst thing ever. Like if the Holy Spirit left, that would be horrible. You, I'd rather not live because how would I know what to do? How would I, how would I ever get free from things? And the guy on the other end was just like making jokes about it. He was like, oh well, that's why they call him the Holy Ghost. Ah. And the radio host was like, no, like, dude, if the Holy Spirit leaves, he's like, Yeah, yeah, he just kept on. Like, this guy who's got some major platform influencing tons of people about religious things did not have an understanding of the importance of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Now I'm not mad at him, understand me. I'm just telling you, don't be like that. Let the Holy Spirit be your influence. John 14, 26 says this. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, this is a, a, an important scripture because I really didn't understand the importance of it. I mean, I understood, like, okay, if I forget what to say, God's going to tell me. If I forget Bible things, God's going to tell me. But I went to Africa, and I was talking to my friend Patrick, who had not been to school, and he starts ex- describing to me about things about photosynthesis and chemistry. And I'm like, dude, you live in a mud hut. You didn't go to school. How do you how do you know these things? He goes, Rena, do you not read your Bible? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, I read the Bible, but... It doesn't say anything about photosynthesis and chemistry. It says, Rina, in John 14, 26, it says, But the Advocate of the Holy Spirit, whom your Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Oh wow. And I was like, I thought he meant Bible things. No, Rina, it says all. Amen. He means all. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Okay. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. So when y'all are taking a test, you better pray. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I wouldn't listen to math. I need to know y equals mx plus b. What are we doing here? What is this? I need a quick lesson because the timer's going. not gonna use it. You might yeah. In high <laughs> school. In high school. And if you ever have to do anything with increase and decrease, you will. Um Okay, y'all don't start. Don't start. We're going to get there. Okay, so the Holy Spirit will send you all things. But you know what? The Holy Spirit can't teach you all things. The Holy Spirit can't be an advocate for you. The Holy Spirit can't be your teacher. He can't be your comforter if you don't make room for him. That's right. We sat up here singing, and I'm going to make room for you to do whatever you want to. But most of us don't because we're busy scrolling. Making room for Listen Linda. Making room for more Cowbell. And a host of other things that I probably shouldn't say from here. John fifteen twenty six and 27. When we put that one up. When the Advocate comes, who are we talking about? Holy Spirit. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father, He will testify about me. This is Jesus talking. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So wait, who's the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father. Whoa. Get this, man. There's God on His throne. You pray. Lord, I need an answer. He says, go. Go. And sends you the Holy Spirit. The answer. The word directly from his throne. Because Jesus is the intermediary. Jesus is the telephone, right? Like, hey dad, what should I do about this? Holy Spirit tells you. Okay, got it. He's a spirit of truth who goes out from the Father and he testifies about Jesus. Yes. We're going to get to that in a minute. Okay? And you also must testify. That's you. That's the disciples. must also testify. Did you been with from the beginning? Watch this. Revelations 19.10. The Holy Spirit is here, man. It's good. Revelations 19, it says, At this I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, Do not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. Okay. So we just said... That the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and he testifies of Jesus and the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when you're under the influence of Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth works through you and testifies of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. Okay, so as prophetic pastors... I want you to understand something. That being prophetic is not about operating in a cool gift. A lot of people are like, oh, that's so cool. How do you do that? It's not a cool gift. It is the testimony of Jesus in your life that you don't hear and we're listening to the Holy Spirit who's going to the throne of God and saying, Polly, this is where Jesus wants to show up in your life. This is how He's showing up in your life. Because our eyes can't see it. But our spirit can perceive it. And so the prophetic is the testimony of Jesus in your life. And I want you to understand that what the prophetic is about, it's about finding the testimony of Jesus in the world around us and calling it out for others to see. Don't even go to a movie with me or Ed. Because we don't, a movie or a TV show or whatever, we can't, we can't just sit and watch a movie and be like, Oh, Thor, that was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Marvel or whatever. No, it's like, did you see Thor? The way he looked at the earth and was missing the woman. And he's like, I've got to go back and get her. But the bridge has been broken. And now I've got to find a way to go back and make get my bride. That's the testimony of Jesus, y'all. Yeah. And people are like, why are you crying? Because it's Jesus. Like, it's Thor. I mean, he's hot, but it's not priority, <laughs> right? But when you are in tune with the Holy Spirit, when you allow Him Lord, to be the bigger influence yeah. than the influence that you're seeing on the screen, you're going to see Jesus in everything. That's right. That is good. That's you good. You cannot watch a movie without seeing Him. Yeah. Another one. I don't know if you guys have seen Spider-Man Three. Spider-Man Three is one of my favorites. It's the one with uh, I'm not Toby Keith. What's his name? I'm Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire. Yeah. McGuire, yeah. <laughs> And oh, he, he I don't know, like, I don't know people. I'm telling you, <laughs> oh, so like I don't know, how I, I don't know, Toby. Something so, anyway, he's in there and he's battling Sandman. Okay, and Sandman is this big bad dude. And what happened is he got in some industrial accident, and so this man can shape shift into sand. So when you try to shoot him, he just comes apart like sand, right? When you try to punch him. He comes apart like sand, but he can become hard like sand and pummel things. So you're just like, wow, there's no beating this guy. So in the story, what happens is um, Spider-Man has a conversation with him and he's like about, the, it's like this moment where they're about to die and Sandman's like, I'm about to kill you, I'm about to pummel you. And then he goes, wait, I remember you. And what happens is in Spider-Man 1 or something, um, the Sandman was a bank robber and he kills Uncle Ben because he's trying to get money because his little girl has cancer. Yeah. And so he starts confessing to Spider-Man, I didn't mean to kill your uncle. I, I, My daughter needed um, surgery, and your uncle yelled at me he wasn't supposed to be there, and I ended up shooting him. And, like, I didn't mean for that to happen. And in that moment, Spider-Man can be like, yeah, but vengeance is mine. Or he can do what." Toby Toby Maguire does yeah. in the movie. He can say, "I forgive you," and when he forgives Sandman, Sandman just dissolves into the air and goes away. And it's such an amazing picture about how forgiveness is greater than any force in the world. Yet again, there I am crying in the Marvel movies, and they're like, <laughs> "And I've got boys." They're like, "Mom, what is wrong with you?" We're not, we take you to we take you to Hallmark movies. You cry. We take you to Batman movies, you cry, like, I don't know what's what's going on. I'm like, you yeah, will, let the Holy Spirit go up. <laughs> but when you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, man, everything that you see can testify of Jesus and should. Sure. It's about allowing the Spirit to be our influence so that we can influence the world around us. By both the Logos and the Rhema words of God. Um, Let me explain that in case you don't know what that is. The Logos in Greek, there's two words for word of God in Greek. There's the Logos, which is the written word of God. And there's the Rhema, which is the spoken word of God. Now a lot of times people say, oh, the Rhema is when I read the Bible out loud. That's not what the Rhema is. The Rhema is when you're sitting there not doing something you should. And you hear that voice that says, Get out of here. Amen. Come on. You're like, what? Why? We're having a good time. And then you go around the track one more time, and you have an accident, you have a rebar through your leg, and you have to get helicoptered into Hobby Airport in, in Houston and go to the hospital. Like, that might have happened to me. Yes, yeah, from the go-kart. I don't know that. Because we went to walking. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was like, these boys are prophetic. <laughs> You're some healing right now in that story. Yeah. Um, that the rainbow word is a word that comes to us in our spirit. But the rhema word cannot be the word of God unless it's backed in the word of God, in the logos word of God. They work together. Yeah. Okay, so people that are like, oh, yeah, you know, um, I was, uh, God told me to blow up this gas station. Really? Because that's not in here. That's not his heart. So this tells us about the nature of God. And the rhema word is what, when we hear our voices, right, we test that against the logos. Yeah. And that's how we know that it's the word of God. Okay, let's go to Daniel one twenty. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. Now, what this is talking about is um, Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they got taken into captivity into Babylon. The king wanted them to eat their meat and do all this kind of stuff, you know, and they had to acclimate to the culture. They became eunuchs. They had to wear their clothes. They took on um, names of that culture. But when it came to Wisdom and understanding, excuse me, wisdom and understanding he found them ten times better than all the magicians, and the other another verse says astrologers in his whole kingdom and the reason I included this scripture is simply to say that these young men were in tune with God,, yeah. Yeah. and their wisdom was greater than all the magicians and enchanters and astrologers in the whole kingdom. See we can lean on. Astrology. We can lean on um, whatever divination devices we want, the magic eight ball, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But all of those things are counterfeits. They're counterfeits. They put us under the influence of something that is not God. Yeah. Back in the old days, you go to a bar and they say, What spirit do you want? Because literally, we're under the influence of something besides God. John 16. 8 through 15. This time it's John 16. Okay. 8 through 15. Okay. When he comes, we're talking about the Holy Spirit again, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Another way that it says it, is that, that's the NIV? That's all what mine says. It changed throughout the years. Do what? It changed throughout the years. Really? Yeah. Well, John 16, 8. It says, And when he has come, he will convict the world. He will prove. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. See, what that says to me is that the Holy Spirit is a whole lot better at convicting people of their sin Mm -hmm. than we are. When people come to me, and it doesn't happen often, but It may not happen to you either, but you've seen it, I know. When they're like, you're a sinner, you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this this wrong. I don't need a list like I I know. I don't need your help, thank you. And that's not conviction anyway, it's condemnation, which is the counterfeit of conviction. Okay? Conviction looks like this. When Ed and I were young and dumb and newly married, Um, I had a lot of trauma from my past. My dad was abusive. He was abusive to my mother. And I was like, I'm never going to end up like that. No man is ever going to treat me that way. So he'd be like, babe, make me a sandwich. I'm like, make your own sandwich. What's wrong with your legs? Where are you going? Where I want to go. Don't you worry about it. (laughs) That's why I'm a submissive wife now. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, amen. Don't laugh, Chris. I am. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, so one day I'm sitting there, and this voice comes to me. And this is, this is BC. It, it wasn't really BC because I was saved when I was 12, but it was like I, I wasn't walking with the Lord. This voice comes to me and says, man, you've done a good job not ending up like your mom. And I'm like, heck, yeah, I ain't nothing like my mom. Ain't no man going to tell me what to do because I just told that off and told him how it was going to be. And I'm an independent woman, and I don't need his help. And so I'm like, yeah, I ain't nothing like my mom. And this voice comes back and says, so much so that you've become like your father. Ouch, y'all. That hurt because it was the truth. And I knew, and that was a voice that was spoken in love. It wasn't condemnation. It was conviction. Yeah. Because I knew that that's not who I was supposed to be. And it's that voice of conviction that the Holy Spirit brings to turn and, and have us repent. Because it's a voice that says, why are you doing that? That's not who you are. It's a voice that came to Adam and Eve in the garden and said, Adam, where are you? And he says, I'm here naked. And he said, who told you that? See, our God is a loving Father. And the Holy Spirit knows that we're sinning and so do we. But it's a voice of love that says, you're better than that. And God's got more for you. Scripture tells us it's the goodness of God that calls the sinner to repentance. Not those of us beating up on them telling them what a sinner they are. John 16, 8, 15. We keep going, okay. So, um, all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me What he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father belongs to Jesus. And he's going to give it to you. He's going to bring it to you. In this other version, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Some truth? All truth whatever for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you the things to come he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you all things that the father has are mine therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you and I think about when Ed was sick in the hospital God told me that he would live so I could continue to fight for him But if God told me it's time for him to go, I would have known to let go and I would have had peace in either situation. Yeah, I'd be sad, but I would have had peace in that because I know that that's what God wanted. Mm -hmm. But when we can't hear the Spirit, we get mad at God because we don't understand. And the enemy influences us with all these twisted ideas that our friends are telling us that we've heard on TV, that we've heard preachers say, that that have been in our past. And we allow those things to reign in our mind instead of going to the Father and letting it come directly from Him. He says, "I'm going to tell Him; He's going to tell you." Yeah. That's good, yeah. man. The peace you can encounter any situation and be in peace if you know what God says about the situation. Yeah, right. If God says, "Listen, heads up, you're going to walk into work tomorrow and you're going to get fired," but don't worry, I got you. You're like, okay. Walk in there, your boss, like, I need to talk to you. I know. Here's my resignation. Well, I was about to fire you. I know. Thank you. Okay, Lord, what's next? Right? Like, wow. That's so much peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Now, let's talk about my outfit. Where's Cammy? She's not even here to talk about my outfit. Rude. Thank you. You love my outfit. Did it influence you? No. When I stood up here, did you make some assessments about why I was wearing camouflage? Yeah. I was like, do you want to be seen or you don't? I couldn't see. <laughs> it's the army of the Lord. The ar- yeah. See, there's subtle messages sent, whether I meant them to be or not. Camouflage brings about the idea of battle or warrior. I'm wearing an LFI shirt, the brand of the church that says I represent what they do here. Um, I got on my snake and boots, right? Have you actually stomped a snake with those? You betcha. You. Come in my realm and I'm going to stomp you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really, the camouflage was about the messages that are unseen. The influence. Uh-huh. And it happens all the time. Because we immediately, when somebody walks into a room, that's why first impressions, what does that say? It, a first impression is 10 seconds, and it takes seven more meetings to undo a first impression. So if we are not influenced by first impressions, then we would say, oh, well, your, your outfit didn't influence me. Sure did. If I to come up here and flip-flops and tank top, that'd be scary. All of you would be traumatized, maybe not influenced, but... I I just it was all about you and you were out of the room. (laughs) But anyway, it was all about the influence. So we are all influenced. Yes. All of us. Whether we want to say that we are or not, we are all influenced. There are all unseen messages. There is invisible forces that are causing us to do things that create deep beliefs and behaviors in us. And we can either channel those or or just be subject to whatever is channeling. In other words, we're either we're we are all influencers and we are all we're all influenced and we are all influencers. Yeah. Because whether you want to be or not, these little guys here, they're little video cameras on legs. Scripture says no man lives to himself or dies to himself. That's exactly right. You think that you don't don't matter your kids man they are they are taping every minute of what you're doing and and you'll see it in their behavior you'll see it in the way they do things a lot of times as a principal i have issues with a kid i call the mom and i'm like oh well that explains it all. Uh (laughs) apple don't fall far from the tree like we say that all the time because it's true now rarely it does happen where i'm like you need to spank it because your parents are good parents i know what you're doing but we are all influenced and we are all influencers we're good kids <laughs> um, so that kind of makes us the middleman right we're either we're all influenced and we're all influencers, so if i'm influencing you, then you're influenced by whatever's influencing me. so if I'm going to stand up here and tell you that I'm the minister of the gospel, then I need to make sure that my alignment is right, that I'm allowing Holy Spirit. To pour into me and that I become a clear conduit from his source to you. Because we have a choice of what we are align ourselves with. Right? We can either be like the shut off valve and just like, you know what? I'm keeping all the God to myself. I'm a Christian, but you know, I don't need to talk to you about that. Which, okay. But that's not what the gospel tells us. Right? He tells us. Tell others. The Holy Spirit is to tell others to testify of Jesus, to testify of me. So we can be a a shut off valve. Just shut it off and not do anything. We can be a sewer line. Sewer line. Or we can be a perfect conduit. Now here's the thing. You may not think about this, but really most of us are kind of sewer lines because we've got all this other junk in us. That flows out. There's some truth in it, but there's some particles there too. So, God can influence us only as long as we're obedient to His voice. Put up the listen, Linda. Now, look at this, y'all. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's like, listen, Linda, listen. He wants you to listen. He wants us to make room for him to do whatever he wants to. I was having a conversation just recently with some friends in the town where I live. And... One of them was like, you know, it's just hopeless. Like, this town is never going to change. Nothing's going to be different. We can't do anything. And I said, you're right. We can't do anything. And I said, but God has already figured it out. All we have to do is posture ourselves under him, his influence, to listen to what he says and then do that next. He woke me up this morning. He said, you are not in the office of assistant superintendent. He said, you're in the office of prophet. That's different, y'all. Yeah. I have a place to speak into the superintendent's life. I have a place to tell him what God has planned for this place. Yeah. Come on. That's. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like Joseph yeah. I don't make the decisions, and if somebody loses their head, sorry. Not me. <laughs> Just kidding but I have a choice to be his assistant and you know, tell him my opinions and what I think and this and that, or I have the option to get under the influence of the Spirit yes. and say, you know, I know it looks like this, and I know that this and this and this seem like that, but if we'll do this, this and this, that will happen. Because God said it would. Amen. Man. So I just want to encourage you guys. I just want a picture of you smiling There we go. Now wait, to, ah, wait, oh. I gotta do it. I just I just learned this that, that girls are supposed to take a picture like this. Oh my goodness. No. You gotta bend the knee. No. It's all in the knee. It makes you look skinny. No, it's not like, it like this. this forward, this back, and then lean forward. back, lean forward. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh I just no. threw them back out. Oh much <laughs> work. Yeah, it's too much work. Um, so if you don't, if you don't know the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you that He is present. In fact, whether you know Him or not, whether you've invited Him into your life or not, He's He's right there. All you have to do is ask Him. Trust that what this says is the truth. And Jesus said, they said, Jesus, why are you leaving us? He said, I have to leave. Because if I don't leave, the Holy Spirit can't come and make you the Ark of the Covenant. The Holy Spirit can't empower you to complete my ministry. See, as long as I'm here, there's one of me. There's one anointing. There's one Christ in the earth. But if I go, I can send my spirit and multiply my effect in my ministry in the world. Amen, right there. So let's do it, y'all. Get under the influence. I always say things in church like that. It's so fun. Get under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Get under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And listen, Linda, because he wants to talk to you. He's going to give you directions. There's so many, so many people are like, I don't know what to do with my life. Well, listen, Linda. He wants to tell you. Well, I, don't I don't have a roadmap. map. There, life doesn't come with instructions. It uh, comes with instructions and a YouTube guy that will tell you <laughs> all, all the stuff. I'm not a YouTube guy, Lord. I'm sorry, but you know what um, So, yeah. So, let's go out and let's testify of Jesus Amen. in other people's situations and in our own. And I'm going to tell you, man, when you're, when you're mad and you're losing your mind in your house, get under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Change your language from, this thing's always broken and never works, to God, what do you see? These things are all fixed and you're not on the couch and we've got running water and whatever, you know. Speak life to your situation. Testify of who Jesus is. And allow that power of the Holy Spirit to put you under His grace to be able to do the things that you cannot do. Grace is not, ah, you can live how you want and I'll forgive you. Grace is the power of the Holy Spirit to do the things that we can't do in our own power. That's good Because we can. not We can only do it with Him. Let's pray. Father, I just I thank You for the Word that You've given tonight, God. And I thank You that Your Holy Spirit is with us. And Father, we just ask to be under your influence. 24-7. God, we ask that the other influences bow to the influence of the Holy Spirit. When we watch a movie, Father, we thank you that that not be influenced, that that not influence us, but God, we see your influence in it. And then, Father, everywhere we look, we see you. Thank you, God, that you say in Romans 20 is that the, the, we're without excuse because you're present in all things, seen and unseen. Open our spiritual eyes, God, to see you and all of those things, and to testify of them. Thank you, Father. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen.